Welcome to the Focus Today podcast with Perry Atkinson. Okay, welcome back. You know, uh, we here in Oregon have watched uh, something happen in our state that's really been a heartache, and that is uh, all the problems in a beautiful city called Portland. And um, Portland is uh, just a wonderful place. And lately, uh, the homeless situation, the crime situation, has really taken its toll on a beautiful city. And we're not. And Portland's not the only one. I mean, we got Seattle. You can go down to San Francisco. But this this whole thing of homelessness and crime and drugs and everything is just ruining cities. And we're all thinking, how did it happen? Why did it happen? What can we do? I'm delighted to have back with us Michael Letts. He's the founder and the president and CEO of Invest USA. It's a national grassroots nonprofit organization that is helping hundreds of communities provide thousands of bulletproof vests for police officers and forces throughout uh, the area through education, public relations, sponsorship, fundraising. Uh, he himself had over 30 years of law enforcement experience under his belt. So. It's a delight to have him back. Michael, good to see you again. How are you? It's a privilege. Always delighted to be on your show because you're getting the truth out. And that's what America needs to hear today. Thank you, Michael. Good to see you again. By the way, a couple of things here. Let me say to our viewers and, and listeners, investusa.org is one of the websites, investusa.org. And restoringjustice.us is another one, restoringjustice.us. Michael, um, you know, we're, we're really, I, I guess we, we are angry, but mostly saddened, frustrated about what's happening to our beautiful city and fallen victims, such a massive crime and all the other things. And uh, even a movement at one time to defend the police. Um, what's your take on this stuff? Well, it's happening all across the country. That's the uh, scary part of what we're seeing. And here's what it transpired. It was not happenstance. It's all been a orchestrated movement. And the federal government has a reason behind its orchestration. We'll get on that in just a moment. But first of all, what they did was they created Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and the government supported that. George Soros and others did. Interesting to note, uh, we just discovered there was a reason why they, George Soros and, other, and another billionaire funded the defund the police movement so actively because they have created private a number of private security forces around the country. Frankly, right now we have more security officers than we have law enforcement officers in this country. And of course they're using that when police leave because of the defund the movement and when crime gets to an escalated point, they're going to businesses in the neighborhoods and saying, look, the police can't protect you, but for a fee we can. And they made a substantial amount of dollars over that investment. So that's that's very concerning to us, that it really hurts the taxpayer. It hurts the average citizen. But anyway, that having been said, they put those together. They created a uh, stereotype that law enforcement, especially city and state law enforcement, were inept. And how did we? How did they do that? Well, when you had the George Floyd riots, they would show a picture of the city burning or people looting. And they would scan to a picture. Of course, they were in partnership with the media. They would scan a picture of a law enforcement line of law enforcement officers just standing there. What they didn't know was those officers had been ordered to stand down by their political uh, superiors. But it gave the impression to America that city and local law enforcement uh, couldn't contain the job, couldn't do their job. 
And so, of course, they begin to, if they can't do the job, why fund them? So they defund them, you know, if the police move, then took an active role. Officers begin to not get the equipment that they needed, not get the funding that they needed. They begin to leave in droves, add that, compound that with a force of mandated vaccine for COVID. And, of course, we know the disaster of that issue now. But a lot of officers had enough smarts to pass on being vaccinated. And, of course, they were terminated. They were fired. We've had the highest suicide rate in recorded history for law enforcement. But you see, there are a lot of factors that went into quickly reducing the size of the law enforcement presence. What people need to realize is if we need 10 officers to patrol an area and we only have six, that means we have to double up on the efforts of those six. Well, you're going to burn those six out real quick. So you're going to end up with none, actually. That's what Portland is at now. They have a skeletal crew. And because of the fact, here's what happened. Portland saw that skeletal crew. They begin to get alarmed because obviously when you don't have law enforcement protection or presence, your violent crimes skyrocket. And as they saw that skyrocketing, they suddenly decided, oops, we made a mistake. Let's try to refund the police. The problem is, though, is that they did not do anything to their policies to show that they supported law enforcement officers, and it didn't work. So you'll have a skeletal crew. You have uh, businesses now leaving by the droves, citizens trying to get out of Portland. And really just a very sad situation to what was once a jewel of the West. Okay. A couple of things here. Why do you think the citizens of Portland tolerated this? I think, quite frankly, this has been an issue for the entire country. We've gotten complacent in this country. We kind of feel like, okay, freedom doesn't cost anything. I live here. Everybody else is going to take care of the problems for me. I'm just going to enjoy life. And that's what the most citizens have done. They don't realize that freedom costs. What is the cost? I'm not talking about just dollars. You have to be involved. You have to defend freedom. You have to make sure that you vote, that you protect and get people who value our freedom and who will defend it. We've lost that. And I think a lot of that happened in Portland. And they allowed the government, uh, the politicians to run the show. And uh, that's never a good scenario. Being a police officer is dangerous. No question about it. Um, And yet a lot of people are drawn to do that. They want to become police officers. Is the frustration that is now um, detracting people from wanting to be a police officer, is the frustration is that they aren't allowed to do the job? Well, it's uh, twofold. They're not allowed. We have a government structure. When you have the wrong elected officials, that first of all, they put in policies in place that make it impossible to do your job. And further compounding the issue is they almost view you as the enemy. Kind of like law enforcement, anything you do, you're automatically guilty. Forget the fact, you're guilty. Now you have to defend yourself to prove yourself as innocent. That's uh, the exact opposite of what our Constitution provides. And when they do that, when they don't show respect, you know, nobody wants to work when they're disrespected, when they're, when they're not viewed as being of value and of service, especially when they don't give you very little at all. You have to work overtime just to pay the light bill. It's a very poor situation that we have established. And I don't think we realize when we establish it, just how vital law enforcement is to a productive society. But I think we're learning it real quick now. So those who earlier were for defunding the police, realizing that's not working and we want to reinforce um, police officers and police services um, is it happening? Are, are people coming back or not? 
Well, two things are happening, and uh, this just occurred this morning. Uh, is there is a um, city council that is now Democratic control that is saying that look something's wrong with this defunding the police movement. Our violent crime is going through the roof. We've got the wrong course. They're trying to change action. And I believe you're going to see that all across the country. The problem is they don't know how. And this is what I mean by that. You can't just say, I'm going to pay you 10 bucks, disrespect them. Don't give them the equipment, slap them around, say, I'm going to give you six bucks now. Then once you leave, they say, oh, come back. I'll give you your 10 bucks back. It doesn't work that way. The money is part of it, but that's only a small element. The other element's got to be is I have to understand that you're going to support me, have my back, show me the respect. You know, when you think about it, this is an occupation. You put your life literally on the line every day. We are literally losing one officer or more a day killed in the line of duty, assaulted. You're putting yourself at great risk for what? Be disrespected? We have to change the climate and the attitude if we're going to see a, a good reversal in what's going on. All right. So a lot of this has been politicized. That would be within the legislature. That would be within city councils. And I get all of that. But where did the citizens come into this? Are they starting to push back? They are starting to push back. And I will tell you this. Here's how I can validate that statement. Uh, Invest, the charity that we have, which you donate to provide active shooter vests for officers who need, is really just really going off the charts. And it's because people are searching for a way. How do I demonstrate? And I tell them it's not just my charity. Here's what I want you to do. Respect the officers. Tell them every time you see them, thank you for willing to put your life on the line to save mine. And if you can donate, if you can, great. If you can't, that's fine. I'm just interested in making sure the officers understand that we support them. And that's what Invest USA is all about. Give us a little recap of that. Invest USA was created to make sure that every officer had the necessary equipment to come home safely to their family. Of course, the criminals changed their strategy midway through because it used to be just a concealable vest, which would stop a sidearm. They started using long-range rifles to assassinate and to kill our officers. So we had to create a new vest called active shooter vest with titanium plates. And unfortunately, 90% of officers don't have them because it's new technology. We're determined to change that. And we also want every officer to know that millions of American citizens support law and order and support their willing to put their lives on the line to protect. Michael, I want to ask you just kind of a little bit of a, a sidebar question. Uh, we sure. had a story earlier this morning on the news that the uh, state of Illinois is now allowing the police departments to hire uh, nationals from other countries, not even U.S. citizens. Right. What's your take on that? It's disastrous. I mean, you remember Illinois is also the same state that passed the fact that they're eliminating cash bail. The Illinois is headed to a train wreck faster than anything I've ever imagined. You can't hire non-citizens and expect a citizen to respect the person who doesn't even understand and is not willing to become a citizen in this country. That is just a recipe for disaster. Their allegiance has to be to this country. And the way you show that is by being a citizen of the United States. Uh, I understand the police officers union rejected this bill. Do they have any power to push back? They're trying. Uh, and it is beginning to make an effect. I think it's beginning to make an effect because of what you and I are talking about. When you see the disastrous results of ill thought out policies and plans, they have to begin to do a second take. And that's what's happened. Unfortunately, a lot of people have suffered because of the fact that they took these plans without thinking them through thoroughly but hopefully they're going to come back to their, their senses and realize what a disaster it's been. 
How much of the relaxed drug law has been a part of this disaster? It's key because it's you're setting up just like with no cash bail. It all combines together. When you say, well, there was a consequence in the past for doing drugs. Why did we put that consequence down? Because when you're doing drugs, you're not in control of yourself. You will do things on drugs you would never contemplate doing in your right mind. And so it puts the citizens, police, it puts everyone at risk. Because of that, we banned them. But now we're saying, well, on second thought, maybe we're going to let you go ahead and do your own thing, whatever you think is best. When you take that mindset, you do what you think is best. Well, I think it's best to rob a store and not pay for it. I shouldn't have to pay that exuberant price for what they're charging. I'm just going to take it. And you begin to see how sin just just gravitates and just snowballs. And that's where we're at today in this country is we have just allowed no accountability. You decide what's best for you. We're not going to hold you accountable. And we are paying a dear price for it. Um, I have two more questions. But first of all, what is restoring justice? What are you guys doing there? Restoring justice is an offshoot of invest. Invest is making sure we protect our officers. But one thing we quicker realize is if you don't respect our officers, it doesn't do any good to make sure they're protected. Restoring justice is a determination to eliminate a two-tier justice system. We are seeing that daily, in fact, multiple times a day now. Justice Department are treating one person one way, another person on the next courts are doing the same thing. We have to bring back a true sense of liberty and justice for all, equal justice for all. And that's what we're determined to do. Okay, Michael, the other thing is that I, uh, in trying to figure out this homelessness that is now epidemic across America, Portland, uh, we've got problems just south of Portland now in, in Salem. Now we've got problems, uh, San Francisco, Seattle, you, you know, you know the drill. And from what I understand, homelessness has been basically broken up into three categories, mental health, addiction, and then a term that they're using, which is uh, people that literally are caught or transitioned. In other words, they are legitimately homeless because they lost everything and they're trying to get back into the system, so to speak. With those three categories, how would we attack this problem? I think it's first and foremost, we have to determine that it is the crisis that it is. You know, let me just put it to you this way. When we can spend billions of dollars in Ukraine for a war that we have no vital interest in. I know some people may disagree with you, but we have absolutely no national or vital interest in Ukraine. But yet we're willing to spend billions of dollars to fight a war that's not ours. Yet we cannot provide for our veterans who make up a large portion of those homeless, those who have sacrificed and served their country. We cannot provide to take care of them. Those who are mentally ill, we cannot provide uh, treatment for them. Those who are addicted, we cannot provide addiction programs. And notice what I'm saying. It has to be a partnership. You have to be held accountable for your actions. We, as a, as a government, have to be held accountable to help provide solutions. We're not doing that, and that's the problem that we have today. If we don't address this problem of homelessness with basically those categories, what kind of a slippery slope are we on? Well, I think you're on a slope because we don't hold people accountable. And now you're getting more and more people that fall into those categories. You have less and less people talk about law enforcement that are able to try to do anything to contain it. And this is what I mean by contain it, at least keep them from committing violent crimes, burglaries, et cetera. Uh, we're headed to anarchy. We're headed there very quickly. When you added everything else you and I have talked about this morning, when you combine the whole package together, this country is headed for anarchy on a fast track. Of course, that's what they want. They've always wanted to destroy America. 
as the beacon of hope and freedom. They want to make it another socialist communist country so that communism can dominate worldwide, and they're very closely to getting it. Okay, two factors on that last statement. One is the God factor, and the other one is the citizens that are waking up. I think the combination of those give us hope, don't you? There's no question. We see great hope. Uh, I have people all the time telling me, ah, it's over. That's the end of it. No, it's not. I see God's people seeing that, you know, quite frankly, you will give an answer for what you did in the last days and how you uh, were a good steward or not a good steward of what God has given you. And God only asks us to proclaim the truth. God is not holding us responsible for the outcome, but he is holding us responsible to be good stewards of speaking the truth and standing firm. And I see a lot of Christians beginning to do that now. And then, of course, the second thing I do see happening is when you have just the general public are beginning to see the consequences of what Scripture says. There is a huge consequence for sin. It's always worse than you ever dreamed when you got involved with it. People are seeing those consequences now, just like we talked about. They're scared to go to the grocery store. I don't want to live that way. People are saying, I don't want to be in this kind of society. They're looking for answers. Now is the time that the church and Christians must come forward to say, we have the answers. They're found in God's word. Let us proclaim them loudly and boldly and turn this country back to where it used to be. Michael, thank you. Uh, thank you for your boldness. Thank you for answering your call, your second call from going from an on-duty enforcement police officer to what God has you doing now. Let me say to our viewers and listeners, two places you can go, investusa.org. That's all one word, investusa.org and restoringjustice.org. Two websites that you can go and uh, be a part, excuse me, restoringjustice.us. Two places you can go and um, support what he does and stand for him. Thank you, my friend. God bless you. Stay in the fight, buddy. We'll do that. You do the same. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's Focus Today podcast. Remember, you can visit our website to check out all the interviews we did this week on our daily Focus Today TV show at thedove.us. And if you like this podcast, please take a moment to rate us and share it with your friends.